This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's 2FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorj, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us on America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media in the South. In this segment, we're delighted to welcome to this program a great American, Governor Phil Bryant, a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable. Governor Bryant served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020, and before becoming the state's chief executive, Phil Bryant was Lieutenant Governor, State Auditor, and represented his legislative district in the Mississippi House of Representatives for five years. Governor Bryan serves on the Executive Advisory Board of the International Leaders Summit, a distinguished guest host of America's Roundtable, and is spearheading initiatives at Bryan Sanji Snell Global Partners. In fact, this is a great weekend. It's Mother's Day weekend. Good morning to you, Governor Bryant. Welcome, Governor Bryant. Good morning, Joel, Natasha. Always great to be with you, absolutely. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, grandmothers. I'm looking forward to taking my wife out maybe for something a little special on Mother's Day, and my daughter is expecting her fourth child. Congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it's nothing better than being Papa around my house. I've had a lot of titles, but that's the best one. And my wife's mother, Deborah's mother, is 98 years old. So I'm sure we'll have her at lunch after church on Sunday at our home. And and it's just quintessential America. Children gathered around, grandchildren playing. I hope we have fried chicken. We go to church, we come home, we celebrate the moms and are thankful to our good Lord for that great opportunity. Absolutely. What a blessing indeed. Governor Bryant, you were appointed by President Trump as part of the leadership of the 1776 Commission. And through an executive order, President Trump established the President's Advisory 1776 Commission dedicated to improving the understanding of the history and the principles of the founding of the United States among our nation's rising generations. And indeed, we thank you for your principal leadership and dedicating your time traveling back and forth to Washington, D.C. during the pandemic and completing this project. And indeed, there is some good news to report this week. Governor Christy Nome from the state of South Dakota is now the first governor to sign the 1776 pledge to save our schools to restore patriotic education. And in a brief op-ed that she co-wrote with former Secretary Ben Carson titled The Biggest Cultural Challenge of Our Lifetime, Defeating Anti-American Indoctrination. She writes, and I quote, A great nation cannot survive if its citizens are taught to hold their own country in contempt. Our founding fathers knew that people are not perfect. That is why they created an ingenuous constitutional system of checks and balances. But 
But that system also requires strong civic engagement by citizens who understand and defend the values and traditions that make America special, unquote. Governor Bryant, why is this action taken by Governor Noam so important for her state and for the United States of America? Well, it's critically important, and I want to thank Christy. She's a great governor. I remember meeting her for the first time. She was in Congress and running for governor uh, of South Dakota at uh, our Republican governor's meeting, and I knew then what a dedicated, strong woman this is. In a Republican Party, and I just I want to be bipartisan, of course, but the Republican Party has a lot of strong women and certainly minorities, as I saw Tim Scott just last week give the response to the address. But Christy Nome is a rancher. Her and her husband raised cattle there in South Dakota. She's been a congresswoman. But she realizes that the future of this nation is education. As we like to say in Mississippi, the road to success leads and starts at the schoolhouse door. It leads through that classroom. So what's been taught? Well, the federal government stepped in with Common Core and said, we're going to start telling you how you're going to teach your students in whatever small town there may be in Mississippi or Michigan or the Midwest. We're going to take that authority away from the states. We're going to take it away from teachers and administrators and school districts. More importantly, we're going to take it away from parents. We're going to dictate at the federal government where and what will be taught, and we're going to tie Title I funding to it. So what we've tried to do is say, great, if you want to teach children in America, teach them the truth. Teach them the 1776 curriculum. I was honored to be on that commission that President Trump put together of great individuals, uh, important leaders from around the nation, including the great Ben Carson. And of course, it was done away with immediately by President Biden. If you can imagine, one of the first acts as President of the United States is take a commission that's dedicated for better education and principles of the history and founding of this nation. That's our dedication, our motto, and do away with it. They were going to end that. President Biden do not want that to occur. I do not want better education of the principles of the founding of this nation. Uh, I had rather let the radical left teach their dogma in those classrooms. I'm going to tie federal funding to it and literally take that away from the states. Christy Nome stood up and said, not on my watch, not in South Dakota. Uh, She was the first elected official to sign the 1776 pledge to save our schools. I'm very proud of her. You'll see more and more of this occurring across the nation. We are not going to give up. 1776 Commission is not going to leave. I was uh, visiting with the American First Public Research Institute, and we are going to work along with Hillsdale College, put this curriculum together to make sure students have the truth about 1776 and the founding of this nation. And Governor Bryant, as one who served as governor, lieutenant governor, state legislator, and in law enforcement as deputy sheriff, you have closely observed the federal government's encroachment and how certain ill-conceived policies in Washington undermine states' rights. And our founding fathers were deeply concerned that if the federal government had the exclusive right to judge the extent of its own powers, as warned by James Madison and Thomas Jefferson in 1798, that it, the federal government, 
would continue to expand regardless of the separation of powers. And as we notice at the end of March 2021, 13 states filed a lawsuit against Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen saying the American Rescue Plan that recently passed $1.9 trillion quoted as one of the power grabs for the federal government in the history of the United States, unquote. And from your perspective, as we look at this here, Governor Brian, what are your thoughts about the brazen attempt by the Biden administration to dictate certain policies to states, especially in the tax area, and a scheme that actually targets fiscally responsible states led by conservatives and Republican leaders? Well, I think it's unconstitutional on any number of levels. I remember President Biden recently saying that the Constitution is not a fixed document or something to that effect. Well, in fact, it is. I mean, obviously, there's interpretations through the United States Supreme Court. We respect those. There are amendments to that Constitution that have occurred throughout the, uh, the history of this nation. But one of the founding principles is the Tenth Amendment. It's so important because our founding fathers that were trying their best to ratify the United States Constitution had to add the Tenth Amendment because states' leaders, the 13 colonies, were saying, look, we are a confederacy. We are a group of states that will be simply lending power, lending power to federalism to the federal government. And the only way we're going to ratify this Constitution and allow this federal government to exist is if we know they have certain restricted powers only by the consent of the governed. So we are going to pass this Tenth Amendment that says only the powers delegated to the United States, the federal government, by the states, nor are not prohibited by these states, shall be that power of the federal government. All others, any other decision not specifically delegated by the states to the federal government shall rest in the power of the states. So what do we have now? We have a federal government that says we're going to put trillions of dollars, $1.9 trillion into your treasury. But we are going to say, we the federal government, that in your state budget, you cannot reduce taxes. Well, they just can't do that. That is just strictly unconstitutional by the 10th Amendment. That's why these 13 states filed a lawsuit. Mississippi is certainly a part of that. I'm very proud of our attorney general and our governor for stepping into that breach. We cannot let this go on. If you look at what the federal government is doing, not not only is the president of the United States issuing executive orders, and, and those are fine when it comes to declaration of emergency or recognizing a holiday or, or giving immunity to a turkey on Thanksgiving, but when you start saying what is legal and illegal, when you start dictating to states what they can and cannot do through executive orders or appropriations bills, then you're violating the Constitution and the Tenth Amendment. But it gets even worse. And I'm a former law enforcement officer, uh, Joel. You said it earlier, former deputy sheriff. I, I went through DEA training, worked undercover narcotics cases, worked homicides. I spent 16 years in fire and arson investigation cases, so some of the worst of the worst. So I understand what it's like being a law enforcement officer and what law enforcement is going through today is horrendous. Just the other day, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, said that he would begin an investigation of all law enforcement. 
that this was going to be a pattern and practice probed by the President Biden's DOJ. So here's what he said. He didn't say, you know, the Constitution provides you protection as an individual so that you cannot just be charged without a habeas corpus, without probable cause, without proper documentation. We investigate through our laws individuals, and there has to be probable cause, and there has to be proper warrants issued for that. There has to be a grand jury. Charging someone with a crime or even investigating someone for an allegation is a very serious practice. We don't normally investigate groups. The federal government doesn't normally say, I'm going to investigate the Michigan State Police or the Ann Arbor Police Department. Those are, those are groups. Now, we've rarely done this, and it has to have a normally federal authority for things like the La Costa Nostra, the mafia. We might investigate the mafia. You might investigate the Ku Klux Klan as a group. But now we are saying we will investigate law enforcement for systemic racism to see if there are anyone, any, happen to be anyone there that they, the Department of Justice under President Biden, might think has done something wrong, posted something in support of a political candidate. The same thing is going on in the military. Uh, we are basically purging the military. The Secretary of DOD, Department of Defense, Lloyd Austin said, we are going to systematically go through uh, the military and remove people or investigate people as a group that may have extreme views, and they will decide what those extreme views are and have views contrary to what Joe Biden's Department of Defense would believe is an extreme view and remove them. Not only do we have a federal government saying we're going to take the rights from the states away, uh, we have a federal government saying we are now investigating these large groups, not individuals, not with probable cause, not with a federal grand jury. We're investigating these large groups, and they just happen to be law enforcement and military. This is a stunning, frightening position for the federal government to be taking. Right. And on top of that, what you mentioned, there are also politically motivated prosecutions, which are a regular occurrence in communist countries and authoritarian regimes of corrupt governments which lack the rule of law and independent judiciaries. This is called telephone justice in Eastern Europe. There are a number of legal tools which are kept in a drawer, so rules and regulations that are not used regularly but can be activated ad hoc against political opponents through unequal application of law. And it appears that the most recent case of U.S. authorities going after Mayor Giuliani falls into this category. How do we fight against this telephone justice in America today? And it's very frightening, and you're absolutely right. This is what takes place in a communist nation. And Tasha, you know it much better than any of us do, that you've lived there. We just see and understand the secret police we understand the fear. I, I remember when I was state auditor, I had a group of Russian auditors. Uh, the wall had come down, Soviet Union had collapsed, and they were actually beginning to audit public funds and devices and, and equipment and there in those states that were breaking away and forming their own countries out of the old Soviet Union. And they were amazed that an auditor could go and audit a governor or could audit other agencies that they said, we're not allowed to do that. We have no freedom. And then they talked of freedom of conscience, you know, that they couldn't even think. They could not think something that was not ordained by the government 
or they would be the knock at the door in the middle of the night. Just as former U.S. prosecutor, former mayor of America's largest city, Rudy Giuliani, got that early morning pre-dawn knock at his door and a search warrant upon his person and belongings. And again, it goes back to the Constitution. When the British Army was able to come into your home, not only uh, not have a warrant, but search your goods and personal belongings, your goods, and seize your property. Now, this was one of the reasons for the revolution that occurred in America in 1776, the Declaration of Independence, because of these illegal search and seizures. And throughout the course of history, there's been, I can tell you, when I was in law enforcement, criminals had attorneys appointed by the courts, supported by the taxpayers, that would find the slightest issue with a search warrant and have it thrown out because they said you got the wrong address. Maybe one number was wrong. Or you looked in a drawer when you only could search closets. Search warrants were very, very protected. You had to go before a judge with facts and circumstances. And I, as a law enforcement officer, had to swear those facts and circumstances were correct and true at the point of penalty. But we see this, and if anyone in America thinks that not properly filling out paperwork to be a a lobbyist within a foreign nation, that may not be right and may be a, a law, and I'm not sure. The courts will decide on that. But do you show up at uh, Mayor Giuliani's door at 6 o'clock in the morning because he may not have technically filled out a document? This is the purging of conservatives and anyone related to the former president of the United States. And America needs to be frightened. They need to be aware that that knock can come at anyone's door. Governor Bryant, we truly thank you so much for your leadership and the experiences that you have shared with us as state governor, as lieutenant governor, involved as a law enforcement officer. Your clear insights and the solutions you present are invaluable, and we thank you so much for joining us on America's Roundtable. Governor Bryant served as Mississippi's 64th governor from 2012 to 2020, and we thank you, sir, for being on America's Roundtable. Thank you, Governor Bryant. Thank you so much. Always enjoy it. See you next time. This is America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C., an initiative of the U.S.-based think tank International Leaders Summit in partnership with Lancer Broadcasting's two FM radio stations in Michigan and the Midwest and Supertalk Mississippi Media's 12 radio stations in the South. We thank you for joining us on America's Roundtable. I'm Joel Adinsami, your co-host, joined by Natasha Sardorch, economist and co-founder of the International Leaders Summit, and our distinguished guest host, Governor Phil Bryant. America's Roundtable from Washington, D.C. brings together leading voices from business, government, media, technology, and the public policy arena. Subscribe to America's Roundtable on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, and Fireside. Visit iLeadersSummit.org. iLeadersSummit.org.